We are on Ksubis Vav Amaral of 6a towards the top, the very first line. And the Gemara is continuing our discussion from last time. Last time we began the discussion of uh, is it permissible or not to have sexual relations for the first time on Friday night. And uh, the Gemara went through different scenario, different possibilities, what the potential problem is, why it would be a violation of Shabbos, and so we mentioned either it's a violation of Shabbos because you're creating an opening, uh, you're creating a Pesach, an opening, which would fall under one of the 39 forbidden categories on Shabbos called Bona to build, that just creating an opening would be viewed as building, potentially similar to uh, what some hold, not everybody, but what some hold that if you open a bottle, for example, maybe that would also uh, be a problem, just any bottle cap, you open it, so then that would be a problem. So then similar to that, um, when she has sexual relations for the first time and it removes the hymen, so then maybe that would be a Shabbos violation. Or alternatively, it's the removal of the blood, uh, the blood coming out, and so then that would itself be a violation of Shabbos, of let's say Natilas Neshama, of removing blood, um, which is a, a viewed halakhically as a form of uh, a partial form of death of the of the nefesh of the soul. Um, complete death is uh, actually killing or slaughtering would be the violation on Shabbos, and this would be a subcategory of that. Um, and now, even within that, it's not so simple that it's a violation of Shabbos. It's a question of conceptually how do we view the hymen? Is it viewed? Maybe it's already viewed as since it's already destined to come out, so then it's viewed as already out. Um, and so therefore there's less of an issue, or perhaps we could also say that you didn't have intention for this. You didn't have intention for this. It wasn't for sure going to happen. Uh, as we pointed out, it's not for sure going to happen. You didn't have intention for it. So then that's a dispute. Whether or not, if you don't have intention for it, and it might happen, so then if it does happen, is that viewed as a, a Shabbos violation or not? Uh, also, we mentioned that it's destructive. It's not a tikkun. It's not constructive. It's destructive. So then... Um, that's another reason to say that, well, is it destructive? Is it not destructive? Is that a reason to say that there should be an exemption here on Shabbos? So on that note, the Gemara says as follows. It says, Bebei Rav, Amri Rav, Asar. In the house of Rav, in the base medrash, in the study halls of Rav, they said that Rav held that it was permissible to have sexual relations for the first time on Shabbos, and Shmuel said that it was forbidden. Benahardai, Amri Rav, Asar, Vishmuel, Shari. And then in Nahardai, the city where Shmuel led, it was the exact opposite. They said that Rav held that it was forbidden, and Shmuel said that it was permissible. And the Gemara explains, or they give uh, a hint of how to remember this. Amr of Nachem Bar Yitzchak, Rav Nachem Bar Yitzchak says, V'simanech, The people from the town in which they reside, or their or their uh, study halls, their base measures, they said that their rabbi was lenient. So for the study holds of Rav, they said that Rav was lenient and Shmuel was stringent. In the city of Nahardai, where Shmuel was the rabbi of the city, so they said that Shmuel was lenient and Rav was strict. He was stringent. Um, and so that, that's what comes out between, uh, between these two different cities. It's just interesting to point out that the Chasim Sofer, uh, one of the uh, great Torah scholars of the Achronim, so of the of the later later commentators, so he says within Rashi. Rashi is a classic commentator on the page, and so he says that we see from the language of Rashi that there's a difference between Rav and Shmuel. Rav is the 
Rosh Yeshiva. He's the rabbi of the yeshiva, of the study halls of the students. And they have to listen to him because that's their rabbi. That's their rebbe. That's the one that they go to for learning and for halacha, for Jewish law. And so they have to listen to him. Shmuel, on the other hand, he, it wasn't his yeshiva, but it was his city. The city has to follow Shmuel. And as such, uh, because Shmuel held that it was forbidden, or, or within that city they thought it was uh, permissible actually, so they are supposed to follow him. It doesn't say that they must follow him, they're supposed to follow him, because if there's another, a new person comes to town, a new rabbi comes to town, then they have to follow that rabbi, that new rabbi. Um, and so there is a difference between if you are the rabbi of the person, or if you're the rabbi of the city. Okay, so the Gemara now asks a few questions. Thigmar asks, the Rav Shari, is it really true that in the house of Rav, they said that Rav held that it was permissible to have sexual relations for the first time? Does he really hold that it's permissible? And the Gemara is assuming right now, why does he hold that it's permissible? He holds that it's permissible because since you did not intend to do the forbidden act, you didn't intend to do the forbidden act. The person's having sexual relations, he's intending for something else, he didn't intend for the forbidden act, and it might not even happen. So therefore it's permissible. But does Rav really hold that? That uh, there's this ruling that let's say you have a beer bottle or a wine bottle and you are closing it. You're putting uh, some sort of stomp on it and there are these uh, wet cloths that go around it such that when you squeeze, when you put in this uh, stopper, it... It, it squeezes onto the to the wet cloth that's surrounding it, and it causes some of the liquid to come out. Now, liquid coming out of something from the inside is it is a is one of the thirty nine uh, forbidden activities on Shabbos. You're not allowed to squeeze uh, fruit on uh, fruit on Shabbos. You're not allowed to squeeze for the, the juice out. Um, and so, so too over here, you cannot cause the liquid that is embedded within the cloth to then come out. You're not allowed to do that. And you happen to be doing that. But that's not your intention. It's clear that that's not your intention. Your intention is just to close the bottle. That's your intention. It's just as a as a side effect from it, uh, the 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 uh, liquid is going to come out. The beer will come out. The wine will come out. And yet it's not allowed. And Rav is the one who says that it's not allowed. So we see that Rav seems to hold that even though it's not your intention, but still, once it happens, it's not allowed. It doesn't have to be your intention. You can intend for something else. But once it happens as a side, uh, as a side byproduct of it, so then that is not allowed. That's what we see from Rav. So the Gemara answers no. The Gemara says that no, that case is different than our case. Why is that case different? Because that case refers to something called a psikresha. What is a psikresha? A psikresha is when it will for sure happen. You know, there's a very, very high likelihood that when you do action A, action A being closing the bottle, it will. there's a high likelihood, let's say 95% chance, that the water will then squeeze out. There's a, there's a, good, there's a high likelihood that the uh, water will squeeze out of the cloth, or the beer or the wine will squeeze out of the cloth. And because it has such a high likelihood, even Rabbi Shimon, who says that in general, unless you intend for it, it's not forbidden, in that case he'll agree that it's forbidden. That case, it's forbidden. In our case of the act of sexual relations, this is something that we pointed out in the past, it's not for sure going to happen that blood will come out or that there'll be an opening. As we'll also see later in the Gemara, there were those who were Bikian, who were experts who knew 
how to do this in a way where it wouldn't lead to an opening. They, they had this ability to do that. But if it will automatically happen, if action A, you intend to do action A, but it will almost uh, with certainty, let's say 95% chance, lead to action B, and action B is not allowed to be done on Shabbos, then everybody agrees that that's forbidden. What's the logic behind that? It's a great question. What exactly is the logic behind that? If Rabbi Shimon holds in general, you have to intend for it. Who cares whether or not it will automatically lead to the action which is forbidden? So there's different ways to say it, but one way to say it is that if it will for sure happen, so then you can't say that you didn't intend for it to happen. You know that it's for sure going to happen. So that's part of your intention. So then that for sure is uh, also part of your intention. You didn't just intend to do action A, but because action B will also take place, so then your intention for action A is your intention for action B. It's all the same intent because you know for sure that action B will take place. And so therefore that's forbidden. That's one way of understanding this concept. So even though Rabbi Shimon says in general, there is there is no violation, there is no Torah violation if you don't intend for the act which is forbidden, even if it comes about uh, after the fact. Uh, but if it's for sure going to happen, if there's a very, very high likelihood that it will happen, so then he agrees that that would be forbidden because you can't say you didn't intend for it. There's a very high likelihood that it will happen. It's like you did intend for it. Okay, so that's how the Gemara answers that question. The Gemara then has there's a few more questions that we'll go through. And how could you tell me that there's a discussion about what Rav holds and what Shmuel holds and the different cities have different opinions on this? It's not true. We have an explicit statement. There's an explicit statement that says that Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that uh, it's forbidden even if your intention is not for that which is forbidden, but your intention is to do some other act which then leads to the forbidden act, it's still not allowed. And Shmuel holds like Rabbi Shimon who says that um, who says that uh, it is allowed as long as it's not for sure going to happen, it is allowed. So we have statements that say it explicitly. So how can we have a question about this? So the answer is no. Le'olam rav kribi hu Thigmar says, if you remember back to the last recording, Thigmar says, really, Rav could hold like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that as, as even if you don't have intent, but you do an action which will then lead to the forbidden action, that also is sufficient and it's forbidden. It's true. But there were other factors into play, that come into play in our in our issue that we're discussing, in the issue of having sexual relations for the first time on Friday night. So there are other issues, such as, is it destructive? Is it something which is viewed as mekalkel, as destructive, as not something which is constructive? Or maybe we view the hymen blood as um, separate from the body because it's ready to come out. So it's viewed as separate from the body, and then it wouldn't be a violation of of Natilis Neshama, of removing the blood from the body. So there are multiple factors involved to allow it. So even if you want to say that Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that if you intend for A, but you don't intend for B. But B happens and B is something which is not allowed to be done on Shabbos. But, and, and, but, and Rabbi Yehuda holds that that's forbidden. It's still forbidden. And Rav agrees to that. Even if Rav agrees to that, in the end of the day, Rav uh, would hold that it, it could be permissible because there are other factors to consider. There's the factor of it being destructive. There's the factor of it, the fact that the, the blood is already conceptually viewed as though it's out, out already. It's really separate from the body. 
So there are other factors that come into play. Okay, one last question that we'll deal with today, and then we'll continue with the rest of this in the next recording. Masar Rav Chisar Rav Chisar asks, Tinokos Shalohigiyaz Manaliros Vinises. We have a young girl who has not yet reached the age where uh, she menstruates, where she becomes a nida, where she get, has her period. She's younger than that age, and she gets married. This is something, this is a concept that we've discussed in the previous tractate in Yevamos about how girls, according to the Torah, they could get they could get married, even on a rabbinic level they have the ability to get married. We don't do this anymore, and it's forbidden to do this today um, because it's uh, not right uh, in this day and age, but at a certain point in time it was acceptable and helped her out in the long run in different scenarios, which we don't have time to get into right now, but it would help her out in the long run. And so as such, it was possible for a young girl to get married, even if she's of a very young age, where it's below the age where she started to get her period. And so if that's the case, so then let's say she starts bleeding for the first time after she after she has sexual relations for the first time. So the question is, how much time do we give her to say, you know what, the blood, where's the blood coming from? Is the blood coming from just the hymen? Or is the blood coming from her period? That is an important question to ask. Well, who cares? Why, why do we care where the blood is coming from? Because if it's coming from her period... So then we know that there's a there's a in Jewish law, these are the laws of Jewish pure, family purity that they have to separate that the husband and wife cannot have sexual relations if she has her period. They have to wait until she goes to the mikvah. She would have to go to the mikvah. So the question is, when she starts to bleed, up to what point in time do we say that this is no longer um, the hymen blood? This is now a, a period that we're concerned that this is coming from her period. So this is if it's she's below the age where she usually gets her period. So Beishamai says we give her four nights. We give her four nights. During those four nights, we assume that it's coming from the hymen. Beishil says no until she stops. She stops seeing blood. If she sees blood every single time, so then we assume that's all coming from the hymen until she stops seeing blood. Okay, that's all if it's before she reaches that age. He gives Manaliros in his says, Let's say she reached the age of where she, uh, she reached the age where she has, uh, her period, but she never got her period. So she reached the age, but she never actually got her period yet. So we only give her one night. We only give her one night. After that one night, so then we, we have to be concerned that afterwards it's from her period. Basil says that no, it's not one night. We give her four nights. So each time Beishamai is more stringent. When it's she's below the age, so then Beishamai says you only have four nights. Basil says until until she stops bleeding. When she already reaches the age, so then Beishamai says we only give her one night. Basil says we give her four nights. But what, he doesn't just say we give her four nights. We have four nights uh, until Saturday night. It's, he says Amo Tishabas until Saturday night, which are four nights. How is that four nights? Wednesday night, Thursday night. Friday night and Saturday night. That's four nights. So that's what Basil says. So the Gemara asks as follows. Again, this all is coming back to the question of are they allowed to have sexual relations for the first time on Friday night? So my love, doesn't this mean that they have four nights to have it for the first time, that they'll have sexual relations for the first time? And that would include, that would be Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. So seemingly that should include Friday night. So we see that on Friday night they could have, this seems to be a proof, a proof to the big question that we started off with. Are they allowed to have sexual relations for the first time on Friday night? Seems to be that the answer is yes, that they could. Seems like it's, it's allowed. 
So the Gemara answers, Amar Rava, lo, labarmi Shabbos. Rava says, no. It means except for Shabbos. Shabbos is 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 outside of that. But the Gemara asks, I understand. Amar Abaya, Abaya says back, I understand. But Motzi Shabbos, Arba Leilus Katani. But Beis Hillel said, four nights, starting from Wednesday night. So that has to include Shabbos. It has to include Friday night. You only have three nights if you don't include Friday night. You must include Friday night. So we're back to our original question. So El Amaravik Shabbal. It means on Friday night, it can't be their first time. It must be mean that they had sexual relations already Wednesday night or Thursday night. And this is now the second or third time. The question is, Ik Shabbal my Kamashmalan. So then what is Base Hill teaching us to tell us that you have four nights? Let me just say you have until Saturday night. Why is he emphasizing the fact that you're allowed to do this on Friday night? Why would you think you're not allowed to do this on Friday night? So Gemara has a very important point here. The Gemara says, The Gemara says, No, you might have thought that even if it's not the first time, but it's the second or third time, that it may, maybe it's still forbidden to do this on Friday night. Why? Because there are still there's still the chance that there's some leftover blood. That you didn't remove all the blood the first or second time. And that be, there might be this, this concern that maybe there's still blood coming out uh, on the third time. And so Shmuel says, we are not concerned for that. We are not concerned for that. Let's say because it's unlikely. There's not, it's not, a, it's not such a high chance. Let's say it's unlikely. And so therefore, really it is permissible on Friday night if it's the second or third time. And that's exactly what Basil is teaching us. So just, uh, to review, there was a lot going on here. Uh, but basically, what the Gemara seems to be telling us right now, that even if you hold that on the first, if it's for the very first time, you cannot do that on Friday night because either there's a high likelihood that it will happen uh, and so therefore we're concerned. But if it's the second or third time, so then it will be permissible because it's not, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't have such a high likelihood or we're not really sure if any if blood will come out at all. And so therefore that would be permissible. That's what the Gemara concludes. But uh, the rest of the Gemara, we, we had a few questions on Rav. What does Rav really hold? Does he hold it's permissible or forbidden on Friday night? That was a big discussion, and we we dealt with that. And then we had the question of, we have this, uh, we just had this uh, whole question of, at what point in time, does when she bleeds, do we assume that it's coming from her period? When do we assume that it's coming from uh, her hymen, uh, the, the removal of the, of the hymen? And so uh, that was a question. And through that question... Uh, it came about that that Beis Hillel says that they have four nights starting from Wednesday night to have sexual relations. The Gemara thought maybe it's the, for the first time. And the Gemara says, no, it's not for the first time. It means that uh, you can't prove that it's from the first time. It means that after the second and third time, they can have sexual relations on Shabbos because uh, it is unlikely that blood will come out uh, after the first or second time. Okay, so that concludes this part. We still have a little bit more to go on this topic. Uh, but we are now on Vav Amabe 6b, uh, about five lines from the top.